1: As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty darn important. And our friends at Green Mountain Dental are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. All you got to do is take care of your teeth. And Green Mountain Dental is going to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee, and they've got an awesome deal right now for our listeners. The CBD infused coffee not only tastes incredible, but it can relieve everyday aches and pains, anxiety, migraines, and so much more. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Use that code, or the magical code as that calls it, DNVR20 to receive 20% off. Well boys, hello, how are you?
2: Hello Ryan. Welcome home. I know We missed you.
1: I've, I, I missed you guys too and I couldn't resist coming on a good old Thursday pod. Maybe the best pod of the week. It is the best pod of the week. Of course when I'm here. It oh is. yes um, of course that's what oh. I was referring to. Um, you guys know I love a good feud.
2: <laughs> I, lo- I love a
1: good controversy. I, I love some spice. That's why family feud was on the TV. No, just good morning football.
2: Um, There's a little family feud brewing, though.
1: There is a family feud. And like I said, I love a good feud. And I hate this feud. It's the dumbest feud I've ever seen in my entire life. Somehow, some way, the head coach of the Denver Broncos football team is feuding with a kicker. <laughs> His Not own just kicker. a kicker.
0: The kicker. <laughs> Of the Denver Broncos football team. <laughs> this is dumber than the Todd Sauerbrunn-Gramatica brothers feud. Do you guys remember that? Early I don't. 2000s. No.
1: Most of my oh. Gramatica uh, <laughs> memories are just whichever one of them hurt themselves while celebrating. That was Bill. <laughs> yes. Total
0: Bill move. I know way too much about the Gramaticas, unfortunately. They're They're from... They're from Florida. They're from the west coast of Florida. Uh, actually, originally from Argentina, then settled there. Oh, my there. gosh. Yeah, but Todd Sauerbrunn had some back and forth with them. And, of course, Sauerbrunn was eventually a Bronco. Not any, one of anyone's favorite Broncos. Got cut after an incident with a cab driver. He deserved to be cut. Didn't he also get busted for PEDs? Yes. Yeah. E- <laughs> e- Ephedra and Mike Shanahan <laughs> had the great quote at a press conference where he's like, he's the punter. I don't care if he's fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... But this is going to another level. Coach on his own kicker who does not have any such malfeasance okay. as Todd Sauerbrunn.
1: So there's... Um, I forget what this series is called. I think um, it's called like Beef History or something like that, <laughs> where they go through... It's not about animals? No, they go through like the beef between two players or whatever. So we'll start (laughs) where this one started. And it was, of course, at the end of the half, as McManus just assumed that he was going to be allowed to kick a 65-yard field goal because, I guess, he had told them before the game, I'm good from 65, and he just assumed that meant... We're at 65, so they're going to let me kick it because it's the end of the half. Which And so he trots out on the field. That's his first mistake. <laughs> um, he trots out on the field, and Vic is just like, no. What are you doing? Get back. <laughs> which any kicker at this moment should probably say, like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yep. Instead, he starts yelling, comes to the sideline, rips his helmet off, and slams it on the ground. And I like Brandon McManus. Like, I really do. I like Brandon McManus. I would have been totally fine if Vic Fangio just told him, go home.
2: <laughs> we'll have Don't Kobe come back.
1: <laughs> like, yes.
0: Going and, for two the rest of the game. Or and going they would, for it instead of field yeah, And
1: they probably would have lost, and I still <laughs> would have been fine with it. Because that is unacceptable, bar none, I do not care. I don't care that he had nothing to
0: lose. I don't care about any
1: of that. The kicker never gets to make a scene on the sideline ever,
0: no matter what. So teammates can make that kind of scene about the kicker, though, in your logic. Is it just the kicker that can't do that? Because remember, you had Demarius Thomas and Lou Vasquez that made that huge scene five years ago after McManus missed a field goal.
2: You have Casey Kreider just throwing his helmet yeah. everywhere. So oh, you're saying, like, if he misses
1: it, you're saying, like, if he... Yeah, mi-
0: Demarius Thomas, when, oh, yeah. when he totally slammed fine. his helmet, and then I saw <laughs> McManus do that five years ago, in my mind, I immediately saw what DT did yeah. that no, day that, against Miami. That's totally fine. Like, people can get mad at the kicker.
1: Um,
2: the kicker doesn't <laughs> well, the get, kicker to get mad. the kicker can't get
1: mad? The kicker can get mad at the ref... Um, that's
0: he, that's bull plop. He can get mad. I almost said something worse, but this is a family pod. <laughs> he can
1: get mad at the ref. Um, he can get mad at the long snapper, the holder. That's fine.
0: But he's competitive. He wants to go out there and give it a shot. I mean, I think the raw emotional reaction, I don't doesn't bother me one bit.
2: Yeah, no, he not, cares. I'm not. I'm not cool with that. Here's why I am not cool with it as well is because after the game we find out. It was all personal reasons. Brandon yes, McManus so wanted, selfish. wanted to join the record book, and he all but said that. He said, I've been I've been following this game. He for only a, said yeah, that. He, o- he only he said that. He didn't
1: even that. say, like, I would like to help the team win. <laughs>
2: right. And so maybe if he said that, then, then Mace, I, I'm with you. But since it was just a 100% personal, no, no, no. But was he led to believe that he would have a shot to try
0: that attempt? that if they got to a, that position on the field that they would send him out there and then they change their minds. That,
1: they're allowed to do that. They're the coaches. They're allowed to change their minds. <laughs> a little frustration.
0: <laughs> That's fine. You can be I'd fru- rather. I'd rather have frustration and someone who's actually invested in wanting to go out there and do a good job than someone who gets called back and he's like, eh, okay, whatever. I'll just go back to the sideline. Give me a little fire, a little passion, a little blood coursing through his veins. Honestly,
1: he could have shook his head maybe gave it like a frustrated clap type of thing as he jogged off the field
2: the passive aggressive clap yes <clears throat> that one
1: um you, i mean you don't you just don't get to throw your helmet i'm sorry you, honestly no one should be throwing their helmet it's like in golf no one should be throwing their clubs people do it all the time and they look like idiots um he looked like an idiot and he looked and 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 uh, here's another thing they were winning here's the other thing They won the game on a Brandon McManus (laughs) field goal. He got the chance to go out there and kick the game-winning field goal. So
0: who's responsible for extending this feud, McManus or Fangio?
1: So then he walks into a press conference in which
2: he should be ecstatic. Wait, really, really quick. Before the press conference, he comes out just like every kicker does right before the second half starts, and he's swinging from 65 to show Vic that he can can make it.
1: So petty. And honestly, that's... (laughs) Okay. Honestly, if it wasn't for the helmet throw, I probably would have been okay with that. Although then that just added on to it of him looking just it's like passive sour ag- about it. that part. Right. Okay, I'll admit
0: that's the part I have a problem with because that's passive aggressive.
1: Right. And then if the if Fangio's whole idea was to not throw him off out <laughs> right. of his rhythm, kicking multiple sixty-five yard field goals, I have to. And by the way, the the. Um, the legend has it. He made the field – like, he just went out, kicked one, made it. No, he missed not, the first yeah, one. Not true. He missed the first one badly. <laughs> Short and left. Anyways, he comes into the press conference, which he should be so ecstatic, and he just starts whining. <laughs> just five minutes of whining about how he didn't get an opportunity to go. And, 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 like, at no point was he, like, just so thankful we got the win today honestly uh there's nothing better than kicking a game-winning field goal etc there's so many things he could have said and he just <laughs> sat there and whined for five minutes about not getting a kick of 65 yard which was prompted by the questions most of the questions were about that because no one in that room could believe they saw a kicker their, throw their helmet but even then just deflect you say obviously I'll, i want to get a chance to kick that field goal i'm a competitive guy i've always wanted to do that but all that matters is that we won and I'm even more ecstatic that I got a chance to help the team win with two big late field goals. Boom. Good job. Yep. You did it. That's
0: yep. boring.
1: So, again. <laughs> As then, kickers should
2: be. Kickers <laughs> should be boring.
1: So, the last quote of the press conference is, is a snippy little thing about how um, – because Vic Fangio said you can get thrown out of your rhythm from trying to kick such a long field goal. He, that was related to McManus. He then says, does a quarterback get thrown off from kicking a Hail Mary? The press conference is over. It should have been over. <laughs> Honestly, like I said, wouldn't have wouldn't have blamed Vic Fangio if he was cut. Um, but then this thing is, the reason we're talking about it today is because this thing is still going on. We are
2: at Wednesday yesterday, and this thing is still going on. Yeah, exactly. And Vic yesterday was asked about McManus kind of pushing back, and Vic gave a, a subtle answer at first, and he threw in there that, you know, know, I may have seen his swing change in the past uh, after trying to kick a long field goal, and then he was asked, just point blank, well, Brandon just straight up said that, does a Hail Mary change a quarterback's throw? And Vic said, there's proof in his career that it happened to him already. Again,
1: (laughs) can't believe we're here, but Vic Fangio? Probably knows a thing or two, and I think in fact it was Houston last year where he had a chance to kick a 62-yarder, missed it, and then later in the game, the end of the game, to yep. win the game, same scenario, missed from 52.
0: Shouldn't have been kicking from there though. That was when Vance Joseph decided to get to a 50-plus yard field goal and say, eh, "We're good." Uh, if if it was up I still to put McManus. that on Bren, on I still put that on Vic on um, Vic Fangio Vance on Joseph. Vance Joseph Well, Vic if it was up Vance. to McManus
1: he would have stopped so he could have kicked the sixty five yarder <laughs> and gone into the record books no um but again, Vic Fangio had a reason to believe that, and it almost played out exactly the same way and yet this time he made it. I hope this is the end of it. I cannot believe. That this is happening in the me- honestly, of all things, in the media, like st- ugh,
0: these sorts me. of these sorts of things do usually happen with bad teams, though. You never that's hear true. about them happening with a team that's going ten and four, eleven and th- uh, you know, ten and six, eleven and five, twelve and four. It's Except for when the team, team is really
1: good and the kicker's really bad. That can cause some issues.
0: Well, that's what we saw in 2014 yep. when McMass missed a 33-yarder and the entire sideline just erupted in frustration. They had no choice but to go sign Connor Barth later that week because I don't know that John Fox could have shown his face in the locker room if he hadn't done something about the kicker position that week.
1: Maybe they should cause a fuss about the punter position.
0: <laughs> well, that's another uh, that's another discussion entirely uh, I mean, it it was actually a decent game for Wadman, aided by a couple of nice bounces on punts. But, yeah, another week, guys. No punter coming in for a tryout. I don't understand this when you have a punter who is in the bottom tier of almost every metric by which punters are measured, and there's no competition for this guy. Who, Who do we pin this on? Is this Elway problem?
1: Is this a Tom McMahon problem? Is it a Vic Fangio? Whose
0: fault is it
1: that they're just ignoring the fact that their punter is
0: bad? If Tom McMahon wanted to do something, wanted to shake it up, he could say, you know, this guy, he's not getting it done. Who else is out there? And the pro scouting department has lists and dossiers on every available punter, and you could have – a half dozen of them in the next day for tryouts if you really want to now that being said the market is a little bit depressed right now because we saw with Josh Johnson when the Lions wanted to bring him in at quarterback the XFL wouldn't let him go so you have some punters who right now are tied to the XFL so
2: it's it's not quite what it what it usually is it's it's on all the above because Tom McMahon Colby Wadman is straight up his guy, but the head coach can override the special teams coordinator, and John Elway can override all three of those guys. Now, if but, if, but Wadman's here in the
0: first place because of McMahon,
2: right? Yeah, exactly. The connection so, between the two of them. But if Vic said this is unacceptable, we got to do something. He can override him, and same with John Elway. So it's on. It's on all of those guys. Right. And here's the most concerning part, guys: is let's say Tom McMahon's here for another year or two. Or three, Doubt a couple it. weeks ago. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He has the hottest weeks, seat in that part of the building. A couple weeks ago, he said that it takes a couple years for punters to turn into who they are. He pointed to Pat McAfee and said he was a different punter after the first four years in his career. So, I mean, that's where Tom McMahon is sitting with Kobe Wadman right now. He's not on a week by week basis. He's on a year by year basis. Find somebody Sorry, buddy. who first believes first round quarterbacks yeah. don't even get four
1: years to develop.
0: Find somebody who believes in you the way Tom McMahon believes in Kobe Wadman. Four years.
1: <laughs> Give me a break.
0: Well, you look at some of Pat McAfee's early career net punting averages, 37.8, 35.4, Yikes. 39.2. He wasn't past 40 until his fourth season. There but you can't wait that long. And you've got some boomers uh, coming out of the college ranks this year and next year. There's... There's a guy who's already committed to the Shrine Game, uh, Alex Pekin out of Bucknell, who's averaging 47.3 yards a punt.
1: That rules. Give me a Bucknell punter. I didn't even know the uh, the old what is it? Uh, no, that's Belmont Bruins.
0: A uh, Bison. Ah,
1: Belmont wow. Bison. I didn't. I didn't know the Bison
0: had a, a football program. Even. No,
2: no idea. You do,
0: and. <laughs> I'm sure at the Shrine game, I'll be talking to Alex Pekin from Bucknell because the Broncos should be in the market for a punter.
1: Bucknell, was that a 15-2 over Kansas in the tournament? Or a 14-3? <laughs> I think they were a 14-3. Okay. What was yeah. the score? All well, that comes <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I'm going to guess it was something like... Sp- Sixty-one fifty-nine. I like that. That seems about right. Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> um, just one of the many teams to upset Kansas. Maybe Colorado <laughs> joins that list this weekend. My undefeated buffs traveling to Lawrence. When do you? And leave I will be joining them tomorrow morning. Um, That's a bad drive, man. No, that drive. It's all about the company, Mace. <laughs> Any drive is good with the right people.
0: Okay, but I, right. I'm
1: I'm not going with you. I know. I know. Going with my
0: other the podcast that I cheat on you guys with. <laughs> You know, if they played this game the following weekend, I would have caught an earlier flight out to Kansas City and join you guys at Allen Fieldhouse. Is this your first trip to Allen Fieldhouse, by the way?
1: Nope, my second. Okay. Um the last one was not pretty. Uh the buffs went down. I, I don't I don't know what the score was exactly. In my head, it was like twenty four zero. Uh in a basketball game, not a football game. <laughs> uh, a it might have been better, like twenty-four-three or something. But we had like, I remember KU fans coming into the stadium and saying, "Oh my god, I've never seen so many away fans in this stadium." We maybe had like a thousand, fifteen hundred Buffs fans wow. in there, um, and we never got to cheer. Never once were we loud during the game. Like they, <laughs> they took our spirit before the game really even started, wow. and
2: yeah. So, anyways. Um, it was a 64 14-seed okay. Bucknell over three Kansas. Right, so Mace yeah. Got, yeah. I don't
0: think KU has ever lost in the first round as a one or two. A one or two Definitely not as a one. They, they lost that. a three, and didn't they lose to Bradley in a four thirteen game once? So it's those B teams. Me. Buffaloes.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> From Boulder. Yes. Yeah. Maybe
0: for Saturday, change the name to the University of Boulder.
2: This does not sound good.
0: Um, Actually, Boulder sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, or, I mean Boulder does. the Boulder Buffs. Yeah, I think Ooh, I had a,
1: a youth team good. that was named that once. Uh, I definitely had the Boulder Bulldogs. Mm. Anyways, the Broncos need a new punter.
2: I think honestly, they might college. Need a new ba- I think the college
1: basketball dog is more riveting than <laughs> special teams garbage. Anyways. We got a game to preview. We got a rookie quarterback to talk about. We somehow spent multiple <laughs> minutes talking about special teamers when Drew Locke exists. And Good for us, honestly. I said this on the Denver Sports Podcast yesterday, I think. Um, I, don't, I just say so many things all the time. <laughs> I don't know if they're ever recorded or not. I think Drew Locke has an incredible opportunity in front of him this week. Now, to put it all on him is not fair. But I think that he is going to take this as what it is, which is a chance to set this city on fire. If Drew Lock goes into Houston and beats Deshaun Watson and the Texans, there will be no stopping the Drew Lock hype train. It will be a a, a a train that has lost control. And... I have no doubt in my mind that Drew Locke understands that. Now, again, that does not mean that the Broncos can go in and beat the Texans just because Drew Locke really wants to. But I do think he's not going to look at this as just any other game, uh, as you know, a 4-8 and eight team versus an 8-4 and four team. I think he's going to look at it as, if I go get this one, if I play really well and we get this one, then they're going to say I'm the guy around here.
2: If they get this one, then... What's what's the talk going to be next week when the Broncos are going into not just to face the Chiefs, but going back to Drew's hometown? People are going to believe that the Broncos would win that game. Now, of course, and why wouldn't homers they? In, inside Denver would believe that. Sure, you, you'd have all the reason to. And Ryan, the opportunity is even greater because just as good as Deshaun Watson and that Houston Texans offense is, their defense is just that bad. They, they they give up yards on the ground. They give up yards in the air. So, Drew Locke has an opportunity not to just potentially pull out uh, an, an upset, and then if he does that, set this city on fire, but he has an opportunity to put up really good stats in the process. You
0: hope he does better than the last time he did in that stadium. Texas Bowl 2017, a punter, Michael Dixon, speaking of punters. Speaking of punters, that didn't take four years to develop. Yeah, last name's a Dixon. Yeah, was the MVP. 18 of 34. That was also the game where Tom Herman, the Texas coach, mocked Drew Locke's celebration. <laughs> oh, so, that's hoping where the for a gift came. Yes, from, actually. exactly. It was from that game, hoping for a little bit different outcome. But consider this: Bradley Roby, maligned while he was here, decided randomly, "I'm going to take the day off." He is playing well for the Texans, but the Broncos certainly Courtland Sutton, at least, know him pretty well.
1: Very true, Cortland Sutton absolutely positively abused Bradley Roby as a rookie in right. training camp.
0: I love the matchup of Cortland Sutton going against Bradley Roby if that's what the Broncos can set up if that's what you get I'm throwing to Sutton all day long. The Brandon rule about Marshall, the the rule, Kyle orton game. Right. The rule <laughs> about the fifty yard line, I think that becomes the Goal line, as in your own goal line, yeah. and you're just taking shots to Cortland Sutton all the way down the field until Bradley Roby figures out how to stop it.
1: Until they shade the safety over, and then you just throw it to Tim Patrick. <laughs> um, I couldn't agree more. What was it? Was it 18 catches that Brandon Marshall had in Indianapolis that one day,
0: uh, ten years ago? Yeah, ten years ago this month, right?
1: You would know. Yeah, <laughs>
0: something like that. 18, I believe. Yeah. Oh man, that's what I want to see. Just feed the beast. I love and it. There'll be not more if you're Drew. And you know what? Most of those catches were like five and six yards. With Cortland Sutton, most of those will probably be double digits if you just say, okay, this is what we're riding today until they figure out how to stop it.
1: Right. And that's why, I mean, it's kind of it's a, it's a similar comparison to what I say about Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. I always say he needs to shoot two threes in the first quarter just to make the defense think about it. You got to throw two go balls in the first quarter just to make them be on their heels. And if you hit one, great. If you hit both, amazing. Even if you don't hit either, it's still in the head of the defenders. And
2: just throw comeback routes all day. And it doesn't just put them on their heels, but it forces the entire defense back, which then could allow Drew Locke to have a Deshaun Watson-type game in terms of off the boots. He he can bomb it, and he will bomb it a few times. But then why not just take off? Because Drew Locke... Whatever the over-under is in yards in this game for Drew Locke, I'm taking the over.
0: Mm, love it. <laughs> and and you I guarantee might, you
2: it is low.
0: And you might need every one of those yards because the flip side concern is I don't trust the Broncos' corners to shut down Houston's wide receivers. And that's, this, is, this is a game where, Zach, because you picked the Broncos to somehow – snap their streak of games without scoring more than 24 points last week the Broncos need to snap that streak if they're going to have a chance in this game because I think Houston puts up 27 to 34 points in this game
1: I agree I think there will be two long touchdown passes from Deshaun Watson we've already seen the busted coverages and when a guy's he scrambles to throw the ball deep it's, it's uh, Aaron Rodgers-esque in that fashion. He wants to get out of the pocket. He wants your uh, corner to take one look at what he's doing. The, the receiver runs behind him. Touchdown.
0: It's a caught-peaking kind of game.
1: Yep, and so there's probably going to be two long touchdowns for Deshaun Watson. Um, it's crazy, though, because I can, just, I can feel the optimism in the air here, and that optimism exists solely on the shoulders of Drew Locke. But it's also um, not unfounded in that right because I spoke with a source just the other day who told me that this locker room is as energized by Drew Locke as – is more energized by Drew Locke than any other quarterback in the last four years. Um, The way it was described to me with some of the other guys was like a calm – um, confidence. You know, when they bring in Joe Flacco, essentially people were saying, like, man, this guy's won a Super Bowl. You know, like, he he could really
2: lead us. Based off one event.
1: Right. Um, You know, Brock, oh, he's he's a vet in this league. He's done it before. There was a, you know, uh, Trevor, you know, he's a, he's calm, cool, and collective.
2: <laughs>
1: there was a con you know, everyone, they don't turn on him until they've lost, like, four games in a row or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the way that it was described with Drew Locke is like an a overt an overt
0: excitement around Drew. It's I, more it's more a personality that they need. Because 100%. We, how much how many times we talked about how Joe Flacco is just the wrong guy personality wise for a young team with a young core that you're trying to grow? hundred percent. Drew
2: Locke is more fitting with where this team wants to go. The team is better fit. The team is so thirsty for this type of leader and he's Every time I talk to Drew, it's that it, I, I feel the exact same way that you're describing. So it's this isn't something that's made up. This is legit, and this is something that the Broncos have not had this type of person at quarterback since Peyton Manning, and that's just that's just fact.
1: And just to finish off uh, what I heard from that source, they also said that um, he's way more a part of the team than any of the quarterbacks they've had. Uh, it's kind of crazy to hear things like this, but so he says
0: hi to his teammates in the halls right
1: like when I heard that when I heard that about case Keenum, I was like what? like that blew my mind, but it was it was described to me as he spends a ton of time in the team lounge, um like uh you know guys are hanging out or whatever or you know whatever whatever they do in there, and he's just popping in, talking to everyone, shooting it with whoever you know whether it's Colby Wadman or you know uh whoever so that type, I cannot believe that other quarterbacks aren't like that. Yeah. It, it honestly blows my mind, but apparently not. And uh, the team has is totally bought in on Drew Locke. Now, again, I think there is an element of this is they are just dying for something like this. Right. We, I mean, every year we talk about someone in the, in the OTA says something about replacing Peyton. <laughs> like, we're four years out. You guys still haven't figured this <laughs> out? I mean, they said something about Vic Fangio being that guy this year. Right. Um, So they are desperate, but he's truly giving them something to latch on to. And so because of that, it's not just on Drew. You're
2: also talking about a re-energized football team going in there. You certainly are. So do you see them pulling out the upset? Do you see this city on fire? Are we just going straight
1: into predictions here? Might as well. Yes, I do. I think the Broncos find a way. Whoa! Straight up win or just beat the spread? Straight-up win. I don't (laughs) even know. What's the spread? Nine? Nine and a half. That's a bad spread. They're going to cover that. Um, I think the defense is going to do enough. Um, Like I said, two long touchdown passes, I think, are going to happen. But I think the rest of the game, they're going to do a really good job of keeping this offense in check. And I think that Drew finds a way to eclipse that magical 24-point mark And does set the city up. Can you imagine?
0: 27-24.
1: That's what I'm going.
0: Okay, let me ask you this before I make my pick. Where does the Texans' offense rank compared to some of the ones the Broncos have faced in recent weeks? Better than Buffalo? Yep. Yes. Better than the Chargers? Yes. Better than the Vikings? Probably. Okay. Well, you've given up 20, 20, and 27 points to those teams in the last three games. And this is a better offense. And in particular, as we talked about wide receiver, it's better in an area where it can cause you problems because of the Broncos' issues with cornerback depth right now. I think the Broncos put up a respectable offensive number, say 23 points. But I also think the Texans put up 31 to 34 points.
1: Yeah, I mean you're thinking very logically about this, and uh, <laughs> I respect you for that. Um, Drew fever struck you. I just—it's not about me; it's about them. I think that Drew fever has struck them, and I think they're gonna have an elevated level of play in this game because they—they want to feel that, like just as much as everyone wants Drew to be the guy, they also want there to be like buzz.
0: What happens when Romeo Cornell d- dials up a look? that Drew Locke hasn't seen and leads to a throw under duress that's a turnover because that's the sort of thing I worry about in this game too. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm a it realist. It's going to happen. I, I keep saying on Drew Locke I want to see five games here before I get the evaluation. We're in game two. so
1: yep. You're a brake pumper.
2: <laughs> yes. I'm a, I'm a pedal presser. I, I am a
0: brake pumper. I am a killjoy.
2: <laughs> I am a realist. And I've got the, uh, the cement block on the gas pedal right now, and that's why... I'm looking for one of those uh, safety to... ramps because my brakes are out. But then you come to
0: a stop.
1: Yeah, I know. A hard I hard stop. Just, I, I, I mean, you just uh, you got to know where so the next runa- one is just in case you
0: need it. Ryan Konigsberg, the runaway truck. Yes. <laughs> Dashing down I-70. <laughs> yep. Down the hill,
1: come, right when you come out of the tunnel, that's
2: where I am. And that's why I love we to You got lock. 18 wheels spinning... Out of control. I love Drew Locke in this game. And that's why I have the Broncos you're gonna, I know covering what you're doing. the spread. Yeah, I the Broncos what you're will doing. cover the spread. Drew Locke, though, here's the thing, Ryan. I don't think the Broncos need to win uh, in, in order for this city to be on fire. I think there's going to be just as much, uh, there's going to be more optimism next week after the Broncos lose this game 27 to 25. Let's say the Broncos <laughs> hit that mark. How do they again. get 25? I don't know, but it's going to happen. They go
0: for two out of the blue at some point.
1: Uh, just the and old get it. and I think like we, the
2: Chiefs game
0: oh yeah, we're going to go for too again. early you know
2: <laughs> and I think what happens in this game is just Deshaun Watson makes a play at the end and there was nothing Drew Locke could do mm. so everyone so Drew just, got him up like yep. 25 24 yep exactly oh they went for two exactly there it is. exactly they, there it is they got yep <laughs> they scored and, and, and went then for two winning and just, field goal they, drive yep, yep and then it's the Texans that that put it out but people are going to be so optimistic about Drew Locke and this Broncos team. Okay,
0: okay. There's one thing we're talking about this. I've even talked about throwing a bunch of passes to Cortland Sutton. Have we not factored in that they have to simply change how they use Drew Locke in this game compared to the last game? That's my biggest fear. And will Rich Scangarello do that? Yes. I actually think that
1: Rich Scangarello was given a mandate this week of – don't you dare go in there against that guy and put the clamps on Drew Lock. We uh, we just simply can't afford to let you do that. And I think Deshaun Watson's going to force them to do that. Exactly. So you're going to I think you're going to see Drew sling it. It we have to li- we have to accept the fact that we could live in a world where he throws three picks. Yeah. And
2: I'm fine with that. He could have a case kingdom three pick three touchdown game.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I I I'm I confident that Drew Locke's confidence will not get shaken. No. He's just not that guy. He's not no. the guy who throws a pick and says, oh, God, what was I doing? Like, even if in anything, the press conference after the game, he was asked about that pick. He's like, yeah, man, they were in a high-low coverage, and just, <laughs> he just went a little higher than I thought he uh, would if, go. If
0: anything, he's Roy Tin Cup McAvoy at the 18th course. hole. Keeps hitting in the water. Give me another ball.
1: Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. That's who he is. He's a shooter, and shooters shoot. So... He'll be fine. Don't worry about him throwing picks. Don't worry about him, whatever. He's going to make plays. Uh, And I just – I think this team has just needed to be inspired. This team is chock full of talent. They have been – they were – whatever the opposite of getting inspired is, that's what Joe Flacco did to them. Brandon Allen gave them a little bit of boost because they just got to see someone else's face. And now Drew Locke has them all the way from reverse – Allen got them in neutral, and now Drew Locke has them in drive, and I think you're going to see a a different football team out there. It's
2: very true. So, Mace, do you have them covering the spread? I'll tell you Saturday. (laughs) Check out our roundtable for that. that.
0: I haven't done the full number crunch on it yet to tell you just how much the Broncos lose by, but we're going straight up
2: here, and I've got the Broncos falling. And I think Vegas doesn't know what Drew Locke's about. I think that line, just like you, Ryan. I think it's way too high. Yeah, it's bad. Bad line. Bad line. All right. The other games this weekend: Dallas three point favorites going into Chicago to face the Bears. Dallas three is that tonight? Yes, Thursday night.
1: Um, uh, they only gave them three, huh? I was kind of hoping they would give them six. Yep.
2: Really? And and I was gonna
1: crush that. So uh, that
2: that means you like Dallas then?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I I want to take the Bears. Um. But I, I I I don't want to be sitting here as Mitch Trubisky just looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, trying I, to
2: cheer for that. I have to go Dallas too. They I think they've won every game they've played against bad teams with a losing record, and they've lost every every game they've played against winning teams. Bears, what about the six, Bears don't, six teams? Yeah, Bears
0: don't have a winning record. Well, I don't record. know. Then they're six and six. A Chicago home dog trying to keep their season
2: alive. Give me the Bears in a desperate situation. Nice, and you get the three points.
1: Remember, the Cowboys are also in a desperate situation.
2: Not really, because their owners crying after games. They're in first place. I know of a crap division.
1: I know they're the Tebow Broncos. I mean,
0: (laughs) Philadelphia just lost to Miami. Miami.
1: I know. Don't you? Don't have to remind me about it.
0: I'm sure you've heard about that plenty.
1: It's my Eagles. Not good.
2: No, that's that's a bad loss. Chargers, three point favorites going into Jacksonville to play the Gardner Minshew led Jags. Give me Speaking of your Eagles, Nick Foles. Give me the stash.
1: I knew that. I mean I, I was never team Nick Foles except for when he came in for Carson Wentz. I said he's gonna win the Super Bowl MVP. I was right.
2: Hey.
0: That's <laughs> were, in the past. Hey, Steve that. Atwater fell that. in love with Nick Foles watching him warm up. Before the Broncos Eagles game in 2017, he was stunned that the guy he was watching from a distance was the backup at the time <laughs> behind Carson Wentz. But yeah. you got to you got to give me the Jags and the stash in that game. Mm. Sorry, I don't
1: know if the Jags can recapture Minshew Mania. Um, Once you put it out, it's right. To relight it's like it. you you pissed on the fire, <laughs> and now it's dead. It doesn't just start you know smoldering again. Yep. Um, so so I what are the
0: Chargers then? There's no fire there.
1: What What about? Oh, you're just saying like, yeah. I'm yeah. picking
0: the Jaguars in part because of Minshew and in part because the Chargers inevitably will find a way to lose. What's the line?
1: Three Chargers. The Chargers are getting three?
2: Favored. Oof, yeah. I don't love that.
0: There's a chance the Chargers, you know, win, I'd... but win by one. So, yeah, give me give me the – give me. Give me the Jaguars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I still think... Mm, Go Jags. Do it.
2: Pull the trigger. No, I'm taking no, the Chargers. Oh, no. I,
1: I, you pissed on the fire. I, I can't... <laughs> I, I, I just,
2: on principle, I cannot um, forgive them for that. Yeah, I'm going Chargers as well, although I completely understand Mace's point. Chiefs at Patriots. Don't know how this isn't a game of the week, but it's a, It's not. Chiefs... When's the game oh, being played? Two twenty-five. Oh, okay, at least yep. it's not on the That list. means it's yeah. the afternoon game of the week. It's the primary... Right. national game it will be that and the patriots at home are favored by three so they're just getting the the home hometown bump um chiefs money line Ooh, Ooh, so you believe tom brady's having the year yep the year is upon him (laughs) he can beat he can beat
1: everyone except for deshaun watson lamar jackson
2: and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so he's going to have some troubles in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. It is crazy how people think the sky is falling on the 10 and 2 New England Patriots. Give me the Patriots with the points. Tom Brady's going to make a statement that he's not in fact joining his good friend Peyton Manning. If they
0: were playing yeah, it's, it's not Tom Brady making the statement. It's the Patriots' defense after getting a bit diced up last week by the Texans. I'm going to take the Pats because of the D, not because of Brady.
1: Uh, If they were playing the Jags this week, or if they were playing the Vikings, even, I would say you could you can't set the Patriots' number high enough. (laughs) But this is this is where their level that right now they just Tom can't out duel these young guns anymore, and and Mahomes is you know. The young gun.
2: And the final one of the week. Again, another three-point line. This is weird. All three-point lines except for the Broncos. Titans going into Oakland as three-point favorites. Tannehill mania. Yep, they're hot. Uh, Speaking of desperate, Raiders are desperate right now, and they're trending in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah, the Raiders have been desperate for like 15 years. Give me the (laughs) Titans. Uh,
0: uh, 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 uh. Tannehill
2: is the Sherpa leading the Titans back to the playoff mountain. Give me the Titans. One team believes the other doesn't. The Titans believe Derrick Henry, say like 200 yards mm. in this game. I like that.
1: All right. That's good stuff. Uh, before we move on, got to tell you about the good old folks down at Breckenridge Brewery. And most specifically, you can get your Breckenridge beers at Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with the Breckenridge Beer of the Month. Download their app and enjoy a six-pack for just seven ninety nine. dollars There's not a better deal out there other than maybe coming to a, a DNVR tailgate where you get Breck brews for free. Uh, the, you're not going to get a better deal on your Breck beers, so uh, make sure you check that out. Damn hey,
2: good beer for seven ninety nine.
1: That's a damn good deal. <laughs> Cannot even uh, put it any other way. So shout-out to Breckridge. Shout out to Davidson's and the Beer of the Month, $7.99.
2: Incredible. And after you check out that Beer of the Month, make sure you stop by the Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. So get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flower, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup and use that magical code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right, let's
1: check out the question of the week here first, presented by the sports column, which is mm,
2: good. good spot. Oh. Such good wings. We've just been telling you about killer deals today, killer places.
1: <clears throat> One name that we did not mention at all in our preview of this game is the highest paid player on the offense. That's playing? That's playing right now. Yep. Yes, it certainly is. And that, of course, speaking of beefs, is Juwan James. Juwan James is basically being forced to play this week, <laughs> despite what he may feel or think. Uh, it's you're getting paid 13 and dollars,
0: buddy. You're playing. Unless he goes Alex Shurvik,
2: Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack.
0: Oh, my arm. It's broken. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, nothing
2: would shock me at this point. I think, well, so Monday, Vic Fangio comes out and says that Juwan James is playing this week, that they fully expect him to play. Then Wednesday, yesterday, he says, uh, we don't know if he's going to play. If he plays, we'll see how much he plays. I think Vic Fangio is trying to figure out how can we best punish Juwan James. Is it making him play, and he or does is it want making to, him not play? And he
0: doesn't want to punish Elijah Wilkinson because he made the point that Elijah Wilkinson is doing some good things. I mean, everyone had a good game last week. I don't even know why you
1: would mess with it. But that leads us to the question we presented by SportsColumn, which is, what would you set the over-under on on how many snaps James plays on Sunday?
2: Ryan Clayman says, at the rate he is playing, 25 and a half.
0: Timothy Pierce says 30. Because that's how many points the Broncos will score on Sunday. Heard it here first. Love it. Bronco Tiz says 80. Is that good or
1: bad for the Broncos' offense? So this game, I mean, it has to be good. If you got 80 plays on offense, that means you had like zero.
2: Or maybe you went overtime. it mean, you're down like 70 to zero at the end of the first quarter. You're just throwing the ball endlessly. I mean, it w- This is plays, not just throws. Yeah, I know. (laughs)
1: Uh, I think it has to be like the Titans just – or sorry, the Texans just like throw 10, 50-yard interceptions. So you have a full field um, and you just keep getting the ball back. (laughs) Jayhawk for life says, I'm going to go with six snaps. So I think he is the closest Mm -hmm. there to what this will end up being. I think that's going to be
2: 10 to 12. That he plays. That's a punishment. Because you're making him get out there, but you're not letting him get comfortable. Uh, You're not letting him look good. And you're saying, we don't really need you, bud.
1: And all those things are, I mean, he needs to get out. Like, they need to play him. So let me ask you this. Over, under on injuries sustained by Joanne James (laughs) in this
0: game. Point five. And I'm taking the over. Oh yeah, my I'm taking God. the over, oh too. How, how
2: can I not? He's played in two games, and he's been the over both games.
0: Yep. It's sort of like why I'm not predicting the Broncos to score more than 24 points. I've got to see it before I believe it can happen. I've got to see Juwan James get through a game without being injured before I believe it can happen. I Until wanted- then, I'm—
2: Expecting him to get hurt. I wanted to set this at 32 because that's the total number of snaps he's played this entire season. But I think that for, is so high. It, 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 it's so high and it's too high. I can't do that because of a potential injury that he can suffer. And I like where you're going. I'll pretty much take the under at whatever it's at. I'll be counting the snaps in the game because if
0: Juwan James gets to 33, I'm probably going to uh, put out the congrats on Twitter. You know, So if you put congratulations <laughs> in the tweet, you get the confetti and all that. Juwan James <laughs> made it, has surpassed his season-long snap total. You should do
1: uh, Juwan James has been marked safe from a football game.
2: <laughs> you do that after the game. He emerges <laughs>
1: Clean unscathed, unscathed. Oh yes. man, oh. so w- let me ask you guys this: Should the Broncos avoid players with injury histories just altogether? Because everyone is piling on John Elway right now set for the signings of Jawan James and Bryce Callahan. Not really with James though, but uh, we praised the Callahan signing, and, and I'm not going to take that back. And I also would say that there's three years on that deal, so. You know, there's still time for them to, uh, to earn at least some of that paycheck. Do you, are you of the belief, just
2: like, don't go near these guys? If it's such a bad injury history, like kind of both of them have, I don't think either of them have gone, well, I know neither of them have gone back-to-back seasons playing full, full seasons. And you take it into consideration. With Callahan, you didn't pay a crazy amount. You got a good With deal. With James, you did. Yeah. And Callahan so was I'm, the
0: injury reduced remount right amount on his salary but Juwan James making him at that moment the highest paid right tackle in football when he's on injured
2: reserve every other year that was folly so for me I am okay with signing these guys as long as it comes with the injury discount and like we talk about Ryan and Mace you don't get these injury discounts when you're going after even average players in free agency you're totally right and
1: And especially on the offensive line, you don't get discounts there. All right. Well, we definitely don't get any discounts in the comment section. They always come through with the full – uh, barrage of questions from our listeners, so let's jump into those right now
2: and make sure that we uh, work kind of quickly here, to be honest. And first one coming in from Bumpy Buffalo, fellas! First off, I haven't listened to the pod yet, just had a couple things to ask. I thought uh, this whole season is marked with bad stigma, this offense. So how far is it under the radar that if Phil averages 59 yards per game, the remaining four games, he will have eclipsed a 1,000 yards in back-to-back seasons. Seems like this is not even a thought at all, but this hasn't been done by the same Broncos player in back-to-back seasons since 0-2 and 03. by Clinton Portis. Plus, Phil has done it with the worst left tackle in history. Factor in all the big runs negated by Gumball's holding calls, he is near the 900 mark. Who concerns you more in this next matchup, Hopkins or Hyde? Personally, it's Hyde. Dude has turned a huge corner in Houston. Thanks, guys, and go Broncos.
1: Yeah, totally uh, would be great for Phil to get that 1,000. As they go through the end of the season here, I think that's something that they should try and focus on. Um, it doesn't have to be made into a big deal. Uh, I always think it's kind of silly when it's talked about in the media. Oh, we're going to try and make sure we get Phil 1,000. It kind of defeats the purpose of it, in my opinion. But privately, um, just have it, have it in your mind. What was it, 59 yards a game? Yep. Have it in your mind. You need to get Phil over that, and right. every, for every yard he gets over that, it lowers the pace for the next game.
0: Do you guys remember the season finale against Kansas City a couple of years back when the literally the only thing the Broncos were trying to get for a while was C.J. Anderson to a thousand?
1: Yep, and I thought yeah. it was messed up that they neglected De- Demarius Thomas in that game, who I think needed I think he needed a big game. It was like ninety yes, he something did. yards. Um, but they, I think he ended up having like one or two catches in the yeah. whole game. And it really drove me crazy.
0: But as for the other question, who concerns me, Hopkins or Hyde? Hopkins. Hopkins. The Broncos have contained running backs week after week, even during this run except for the Bills uh, game. And the Bills, so it's a different equation on offense that, that they have compared to the Texans. So definitely Hopkins. Yeah,
1: DeAndre game. Hopkins is really good. He's like m- almost as good as Cortland Sutton. At least that's what the stats would say.
0: (laughs) Digital Reality. Hey, guys, born and raised in Denver, living in North San Diego County now, really miss going to all the Broncos' home games at Qualcomm. I've been listening to the pod for a couple of years and finally joined DNVR so I can comment on the pod. Thanks for the great commentary and content. Thank you, Digital Reality, for joining the fam. First off, Mace, I just have to say that I am in awe of your encyclopedic mental prowess when it comes to Denver sports history and stats. How the hell do you remember the schedule score players of every game from seasons eight years ago? Were well, you programmed this way? I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. I really don't know. Just I'm, I am think programmed wired, that's appropriate. Also, love to hear the pop culture Seinfeld Simpsons references. Do you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? If not, do yourself a favor and start streaming in chronological order. I haven't watched it all the way through. I've seen episodes on my the old radio show that I was on My nickname was Wildcard because I would have a habit of cutting the brakes on a discussion by saying something that was a little bit outrageous if I just wanted to pivot it in an entirely different direction. (laughs) All right. Um, I feel like an
1: off-season thing we should do is have the listeners vote on a show that we should all have to watch mm. to try and get more references of
0: that show into like this. Whatever one gets the most votes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll I'm down. all attack about That's, a, that's actually not a bad idea. Now it's just finding the time right. for it to watch. Now to the Broncos. On Tuesday, you guys touched a bit on DeMarcus Walker and his mysterious benching in light of his impactful play. I can't help but feel like he may be butting heads with co or did something non-football-related happen to keep him off the field? Is it a personality thing? Did he fart next to Elway in the cafeteria during lunch? Would love to hear any additional insight you guys have on this. Last question. Is A.J. Johnson having a Pro bowl mentionable season considering his PFF ratings? Just want to say that I called it and told my old (sighs) man after after Todd Davis went down in preseason that Johnson would step up and be a badass dinosaur. (laughs) Um,
1: Okay. Uh, The first one is about DeMarcus Walker. I just think I think it is a personality thing uh, where he doesn't really fit necessarily with the coaching staff on that side of the ball, especially Kolar, uh, and just the guys in that room. I think there's just a lot more uh, chemistry with some of the other players. Also, you know, they want to get Dre in there. So um, it's a little bit of everything. I think he's going to have a good chance, though, to – Prove his worth over the last few games of the season
0: here. Well, using him more situationally as a pass rusher, which is what they were doing with him when he had four sacks earlier this season anyway. It, is he like the s- he second
2: s- leading sacker on the team? Yeah. Be, he's the third. Third he's tied behind. In Shelby behind Vaughn and yeah. Derek.
0: Oh, right, Vaughn. But among defensive linemen, he's second. And in terms of sack production relative to total pass rush snaps, he's actually the most efficient pass rusher on the team. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, so hopefully he gets another, uh, some more opportunities here and, and maybe earns himself a spot in the rotation for next year.
0: And as for A.J. Johnson, he's playing like a pro bowler. Even with the PFF rankings, I don't know if that if he gets that recognition this year. It may be a case where it comes a year or two down the line for him.
1: From Kentucky UDFA, good afternoon, guys. Just, thought, just a quick thought on Skang's. As stated yesterday, the conversation between either L.A. or Fangio has to be had with him simply stating this. Run your offense. Don't hold back the reins because you're scared of hurting Locke. If your offensive scheme is what we need, let Locke run it. Your job depends on it. And I honestly think it's, it wasn't that pointed, but I
2: think he was told this week, All gas, no breaks. I think he was, too, from very high up as well. Some From Sasha saying, Harry, hey, guys, as I have mentioned before, I'm an Aussie-based fan. Currently, my boss is in the U.S. and will be going to the Broncos-Texans game this week in a corporate box. Man, am I jealous. The only way I see Drew being given the opportunity to show what he has is if we fall behind early and the Broncos are forced to throw the ball and put up points. I will be getting up at 4 a.m. to watch our man do what he does best. It is quite hard to contain my excitement and not wake the household – at these hours, go Drew, go Broncos, and go DNV. That's some
0: serious devotion waking up at 4 a.m. Seriously. On the other side of the world to watch the Broncos play. On a Monday, no less. Yep. Crazy. If you're working that day, you can't sleep it off. <laughs> yeah. get up early and then go off to the, the salt mines, Yep, <laughs> as it were. Golf guy. Mace, can you expand on how these narratives get passed within a team-owned media outlet? Are they just email blast to all-employees? or talks from your supervisor or manager. Softly worded or direct, i.e., we will not be covering insert person here in our content until further notice. Has there been any situation where this was leaked to the public? What was this in reference to? Uh, We were just talking about how Drew Locke, A, he didn't get a game ball. Pretty weird. B, it was interesting on Sunday night, you went to the front of the Broncos site and it was a picture of Vic Fangio, a screen capture from his – victory speech that was the top story that was the first thing you saw so it took a i think it took a couple of you know the, the front cycles through i think it took a couple of uh slides. turns before you got to drew lock
1: do you think that has to do with the fact that the broncos don't want to sell the fan base on him until they're sold on him
0: yeah and i think
2: they're trying to manage expectations a little bit and the fact that they didn't have any drew lock jerseys
1: yeah, and by the way, I asked and was told that they don't expect to have Drew Lock jerseys at all this year, ever. No way.
0: And
1: that was just what You can the get them girl, custom. That was just what the woman who was running the shop told me what she thought. It wasn't a fact, but she said, I don't know if we're going to be getting any of this late in the year. They just don't like money? That's what I said. I'm like... Don't ever complain to me about cash flow (laughs) if you aren't just, you know, using the money printer that is a young quarterback to sell jerseys. Don't complain
0: to me about cash flow when you gave Theo Riddick two-plus million dollars for literally zero snaps. That's not – that wasn't on purpose.
1: Not printing Drew Drew Lock jerseys is on purpose. Right. Uh, And, and by the way, it is the holiday season. Yeah. You don't think kids especially – if Drew goes out and plays well this week, you don't think kids are going to be asking for Drew Lock jerseys for Christmas? You can You're still insane.
0: Get him, you can still get them custom.
1: Yeah. Silly. Anyways, um I I think that's I mean, Mace you would know as well as anyone, but I think that's definitely on purpose. Uh they don't want they don't want expectations to get out of hand. They are absolutely insane for thinking they have any control over that. It is.
0: <laughs> it is. And that's why I think you can't dismiss the possibility of a, Joe Flacco being back as the starting quarterback next year. Up. Or B, the Broncos saying, we like what Drew Locke did, but we're going to look and bring in another veteran. It Honestly,
1: I have a spoon over there. If you wouldn't mind just <laughs> gouging my eyeballs out with it, that would be awesome. <laughs> um, so, so real quickly, unless you don't want to go down this road, is it is it uh, direct or indirect?
0: It, well, it's not like an email that's sent out. It's occasionally brought up just – you know, Sometimes it can be brought up one-on-one. Sometimes it can be brought up in a departmental meeting that uh, you know, you'll sort of ask, okay, hey, you know, what, are, there any, are there any landmines that we should stay away from? And sometimes you'll hear, oh, yeah, maybe uh, don't emphasize this guy. Oh, yeah, you're
2: starting quarterback. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't, uh, don't let
1: anyone get excited over the young rookie starting but quarterback. But every team does this,
0: at least I presume right. every team does it because both teams that I worked for did it.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, they want to control the narrative. That's why they honestly have a media department in the first place. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> uh, next one's from Iceman. He says, hey, boys, first off, congrats to the Colorado School of Mind making it in the second round of the NCAA championships. Overall 12-1. Oh, so they lost, yes. I'm assuming. Yeah, um, to Texas
0: A&M Commerce, I believe, uh, where uh, Darren Williams' son plays. Oh, My well, out. good
1: for him. Overall 12-1, and one, uh, win percentage nine twenty three. conference 10-0. and 0. Uh, streak L1, home 6-1, and one, away 6-0. and <laughs> oh. It's crazy that peeps can't see Locke is the latest Elway Cutler Manning when it comes to the it factor. I hope he hates Phyllis more than Jay did. He's not going to have time to because Phil's done. Jay's type 1 diabetes caused him to get a bad rap as an a-hole. I feel like you're connecting two unconnected things there. Anyone in the DNVR family that has family members suffering from diabetes will know it makes their ver- emotions very hard to read. We need an APB,
0: anyone? All points bulletin. It means that like, you're missing. Um, Where is yeah, I <laughs> well, I'm here. Back. There you go.
1: I always pop in just before you get worried about me. <laughs> or I guess not in this case. Go Drew, Broncos, Zoomies, DNVR. Um, Iceman asks about you most days, by the way. Love you, Iceman. <laughs> Here's the thing. It is a possible thing to be an a-hole and also have diabetes. <laughs> just putting that out there. I think Jay Cutler just... Happened to have both things.
2: <laughs> Thanks for checking in, Iceman. Next one, Chicago, Bronco 86. Hey, guys, I'm pumped we're finally getting to see Locke play. I have a good feeling about him that I haven't had in a while. It's definitely concerning how the Broncos as a whole have treated him though so through so, or, though so, who know what they're going going to do. However, if it was up to me, I'd only want Tua over Locke this year. If To me, if Tua doesn't declare, the move should be simple. Drew gets till the end of the next year to prove himself. No veteran bridge or a new early round flyer. This way, if he works out, you get a full season to remove any doubts. And if he doesn't, next year you likely end up with a great draft choice and a class that is shaping up to include Tua, Lawrence, and Fields. You go all in and get your guy and then feel a lot better than anyone could get this year. And in the meantime, you add a new weapon and firm up the offensive line in a great offensive draft. Thoughts? I'm all about um, getting the weapon in the offensive
1: line. I've said it for for a while now. My ideal scenario is Drew plays well. You want to roll with him. You draft an offensive line early in the first round. You package some things up, get to the back end of the first round. Give me LaVisca Chenault. Give me uh, Henry Ruggs. Give me any of these guys that end up slipping a little bit because there's so much offensive, uh, especially wide receiver talent in this draft. That to me seems like a no-brainer for the Broncos. I hope they do it.
0: Of course, I think even if Locke shows that he'll get a year, I think you'd see a mid- to late-round quarterback come in. Another guy you're hoping can be maybe your Gardner Minkshu, perhaps, just in case.
1: Possibly. Um, one maybe thing I would say is
0: – Case from Northern Arizona who signed to play for NAU – uh, just before we moved on
1: here's something I'll say is um you want to have an eye on Utah Oregon on Friday night I'm hoping to be in Kansas City going to pass by Lawrence go to Kansas City get some burnt ends and watch that game <laughs> which
0: place by the way which barbecue restaurant
1: uh probably Jack Stack okay the beans are just so good the oh. pit um, beans um i I think if you're a Drew Locke fan, you want to be rooting for the Utes and you don't want to see Justin Herbert ball out because I know that John Elway has a man yeah. crush on him. And if he goes out and tears up one of the best defenses in the country, it's going to be scary. I don't think he's going to do that. Right. So, yeah, I don't that's think okay. you have to worry about that.
2: Yeah. But it is a good point. It is a good point. Next one from Holy Atwater. At the beginning of camp, I was listening to local radio here in Vegas, and they did some interviews with people who have been covering the Browns for decades. I found it really interesting that the media members said it felt weird being excited about the actual season. For years, the three there er, for years there was more hype and excitement for all of the off season hope, right, than the actual season, and that this year was the first where they were where they had such high expectations that it flipped. They said it was weird not focusing all the talk on the draft and free agency. So, are we there? Yes. If not, at what point are we in denial? Well, we're already there. If like we've been talking, it, I feel like we've been talking 2020 draft since week two. Probably we week four, yep. I think, but yeah. <laughs> if this is the case, draft question. Every year, the Broncos invite a good amount of CU buffs, Wyoming pokes, and members of the other Colorado college. Good luck, Bobo. Get healthy. To a workout. I have a great idea what under-the-radar Cowboys might get an invite. Do you guys have any buffs or sheep in mind that might be invited and you could see surprising at the next level as an undrafted or late-round pick? It's probably, I mean, it's it's a bunch of guys, and it's not just them.
0: You're going to see some guys from Pueblo. You'll see, because it's also high, players that went to high school within a certain radius right. of Denver. So inevitably you see guys from the Denver area that went to CSU Pueblo, that went to Mesa, that went to, you know, Western, just name your small Colorado college who come in and are part of that tryout in April.
1: (laughs) Did you just read the next? Um, Yes. I I will say uh, Tony Brown is a guy at CU who is a really good wide receiver who's going to be on the back end of the radar. He might be a little too good for the local pro day. Um, but he's a guy who I would keep an eye on as um, someone who might have an impact in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I'd keep an eye on a guy not many people know about, LaVisca Chenault. Oh, yes. Uh, He's going to need that local pro day to show his (laughs) stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oklahoma Bronco, 58. Mace,
2: I will literally poop in my shoe (laughs) if we ever draft Jake (laughs) Fromm. That's it. That's the comment. I, d- I d- hope they don't draft him because I don't want like you know picture evidence coming in of this. I
1: think if you do it, you gotta put the shoe on
2: afterwards.
0: <laughs> I think I'm gonna screen capture this comment. Then if the Broncos do draft <laughs> Jake Fromm, we're looking for the receipt on this one. And yeah, it might be disgusting, but we're gonna want to see it. Yeah, I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna say you have to follow through on that one. It's oh, gross, but boy.
0: there are grosser things. <laughs> I don't know if there's grosser. Was it a picture of poop?
2: Yeah, what could be grosser in a picture? Uh, maybe a spider. Yeah, I don't even want
1: to... Uh, a what if it's a spider things? crawling on poop?
2: spider man uh, somehow. My mind's going weird places. <laughs> 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 okay,
1: from Cameron J. I've been listening for a couple of weeks and just subscribed. Welcome to the family. Just wanted to say that you guys are incredibly entertaining and I'm super stoked to join this community. This podcast has been a godsend. A much-needed reprieve from studying for finals and trying to push quotas at work. Dang, seems like you've got a full plate. This may sidetrack the conversation a bit, but could each of you give your favorite memory covering the Denver Broncos, whether that be a moment in the locker room or covering a specific storyline slash game? Cheers, and as always, go
0: Broncos. I think my favorite is it's sort of the moment, but also sort of what I had work-wise. It was stressful at the time, but it's funny to look back on when Tim Tebow hit Demarius Thomas for the ADR touchdown in overtime against Pittsburgh in January, 2012, and realizing that I had to rewrite my entire story in 10 minutes mm. <laughs> wow, uh, 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 uh. to make a deadline for, cause I was freelancing for the New York times that day.
1: For me, it's, it's a simple one. It was just being in Santa Clara for that Super Bowl. Um, really just the week leading up, I was such a, fresh face and it, like I literally had started covering the Broncos just two months before not even the full season so I was very early on and uh, just being there and most specifically my favorite thing was there's a massive crowd around Von Miller with I mean when you're at the Super Bowl it is people from the whole world and they're you know asking questions or whatever and I and someone left so I kind of got right up into the front and in the middle of someone asking a question he was like whoa, whoa, whoa hold on hold on. My guy from Denver has a question, so uh, he gets to go first. And That's that, awesome. that felt pretty cool for me being like, you know, 22 years old. Yeah. Um, just walking in, and
2: I didn't even know that Von Miller knew who I was. <laughs> That's awesome. I, it's so cool being it down on the field at the end of games. And like we always talk about, nearly every game is close at the very end. And we get to watch the final two minutes. One specific event, I guess, Gary Kubiak's retirement was, uh, was pretty cool. Emotions were, were high.
1: Yes, for sure. Being down there for those games is really cool. I'm still waiting for, like, a game-winning touchdown catch that happens. Like, they toe-drag is right where we're standing. And we're on TV because of it. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> or, like, someone catches it, and then they bounce. Like, the other team catches it, and then they accidentally run into me, and then they drop the ball, and they didn't complete the <laughs> process of the catch. And like, I didn't do anything. But it just turns out that i
2: become a hero for that. And that's when they, they clinch the number one seed? Yes. Yeah. Behind Drew Locke. Yep, They beat Patrick Mahomes at home (laughs) in week 17. Yep, It's a good one. Next year.
1: Okay, next one is from Dexter. Zach, read your article and I have to ask, can Drew's nickname officially be Buzz Lightyear? Because that would be the coolest thing, especially if he does well and follows the sheriff as Denver's QB. Oh, yeah, you've got Woody and Buzz. (laughs) Oh,
0: you would. Wow. So does that make Case Keenum like a Mr. Potato Head? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, to be fair... (laughs)
1: Peyton
2: has more of a potato head. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Drew would like that name, Buzz Lightyear? Yeah, I think he would. You think so? Take the Broncos to infinity
0: and beyond. Yep, exactly. I, th- I don't think he would. I don't a think he too would too
2: childish. <laughs> yeah. He also chimes
1: in, chimes in and says, P.S., the feature when you guys read your articles is the best thing since cranberry sauce. Yeah.
2: It's now, so- is that
0: no. a traditional cranberry sauce or ocean-spray-jellied? cranberry sauce with the rickshaws from the can. well both are amazing so it can be both christian c hey guys thanks for the awesome pod day in and day out with special guest rk joining every now and then (laughs) when is this special project coming out i wish i
1: knew i wish it was weeks ago but it is it has been a a bore
0: actually given the nature of the special project not a b-o-r-e a -A b-o-a-r maybe it's better coming out in the next several weeks Yes. And more relevant. Yes, for That's sure. That's all I'm going to say. In yesterday's pod, Mace mentioned that he thinks the Broncos have told their people to slow down the Drew Locke hype train. If this is true, what do you think is the reason behind it? Are they not sold on the fact that he is the future? Or do they think it will help him if he doesn't have so much tension and pressure on him? I'm just curious as to why they might do that. Thank you. Probably a little bit both.
1: Yes. And I also think, like, here's the thing. If Drew Locke goes four and one here, and for some reason they still aren't completely sold, and they want to draft the first round quarterback, people will actually be pissed. If they were to, if Drew Locke went four and one, the Broncos weren't completely sold. John Elway fell in love with Justin Herbert as they met at the combine, and they drafted him. People would be mad. There would be an uproar. Yep. So that's in the back of their mind now. It's not likely. I think if he's to go four and one, they're going to feel really good about Drew. But I
2: think they just want to make sure they have an out if they want it. Yeah, I think the good news is for everyone that wants Drew to succeed is I think John likes Drew maybe the most in the organization. For sure. Yeah, he loves him.
1: Um, next one here from VGK Bronco. I'm convinced that someone in the Broncos organization needs to make Skangs watch the Seinfeld episode where George does the opposite of whatever he initially thinks and it ends up working out for him. Um, quick programming note, Mason and Zach have to head out. So I'll get to a few more questions here. Uh, without them, guys, have a good day. You Thanks, too. Okay, you're a
0: champ. Love you all. I'm thinking about the opposite, the George Costanza episode there, and I'm just picturing if Rich Gangarello were in Minnesota and his instinct told him try the end around to Noah Fant and said, "No, I'm just going to do the dive up the middle." Yep. How much better that day would have been. And by the way, he saw the, that Kyle Shanahan tried the tight end and end around, right? Did not work. Exactly. But the race bus- to the bottom.
1: Gave up a big play on a tight end 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 a College ball, though. Yeah, it's true. Anyways, have a good day, guys. Uh, he goes on and says, gangs wants to run it three times in a row off a turnover. Do the opposite. Go for a touchdown. Uh, we're up by 17. Let's put the brakes on. Do the opposite. Put the foot on the gas. Don't want Drew to practice as soon as he's able to? Do the opposite and get him out there. I think you guys get the point. If he just does the opposite of what he's calling, we might actually score more than 23 points a game. If every instinct you have is wrong then the opposite would have to be right, said Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, it's not quite that cut and dry, but I understand where you're going with it. From Mark IT Snatch, hey guys, the organization has a habit of looking at the local universities for talent. You keep mentioning targeting wide receivers and free agency in the draft, and there's another budding talent from Fort Collins in Warren Jackson, although he's likely to stay at CSU for his senior year. What is your take on him? Would his size, speed, and jump? Be a good compliment to Sutton and crew, or is he too similar to what we already have? Likewise, are there other players in Colorado schools that you'd like to see have a chance in Denver? Um, I know I joke and make jokes about CSU all the time on this podcast, but Warren Jackson is legit. He is a baller. He's definitely way too good to be playing in the Mountain West, and it's clear because he pretty much is open whenever they want him to be. Um, I'm surprised that you said that he is likely to stay at CSU for his senior year. Um, just because I think his stock is high enough for him to go. I think he'll be a top three round pick. But we're also in a world where uh, there are so, so many talents in this draft of wide receiver that maybe he would do well to stay a- another year and maybe end up being a first round pick. Uh, I think he truly has that ceiling. So I could see, I guess I could see that idea. Um, on the flip side, for a guy like LaVisca Chennault, he has to go. Uh, this year I think and obviously he already has, just because he can't risk getting more hurt. I'm not sure what uh Warren Jackson's injury history is. I know he was hurt for a couple games or at least one game this year. So I'm not sure how that would affect him. Uh but he's definitely ready to go to the NFL if that's what he chooses. And I just mentioned him. I'd love to see the Broncos take a flyer I don't know you can't even call it a flyer. Take a take a chance on getting LaVisca Chennault, I realize there is the injury stuff, and we just talked, had that whole conversation about the injury history. With him, it was a lot of nicks and bruises and bumps and that sort of stuff. He hasn't had any serious injuries that, you know, have you concerned about his long-term health in that way. It's not a knee, that sort of thing. Um, If you go watch CU's account put out a highlight tape, it's 11 minutes long. If you haven't seen LaVisca Chenault, you will be shocked that the quality of highlight does not change from minute one to minute 11. If you've ever watched someone's highlight tape, it's always front-loaded, and you see you know a couple of really amazing plays, then the rest are just, really, are just them playing football well. No, this is 11 minutes of LaVisca Chenault just owning people, just r- trucking dudes, just burning dudes. It is unbelievable. This is the type of talent that can transform an offense, and yes... Is there a risk there that he he continually gets those bumps and bruises that kind of slow him down? Yes, that is a risk, but the reward on him is so unbelievably high, and I do think you could get him at the end of the first round if he jumped back in. Maybe he falls to the second, although I highly doubt it, after he goes and blows up the combine. This is a guy who, if he goes to a place like Baltimore, if he goes to a place like Green Bay... Uh, if he goes to a place that wants to use him for all of, of, of his talents, he has a chance to be an instant star. I, I, he walk into the NFL, he goes to Baltimore, they're using him as a running back and a tight end and a wide receiver, and they're doing the end-arounds and the, the wildcat and all that stuff. he will be a star instantly. So while it is a risk, there is risk involved as, as there really are with any uh, player, it, it's something that I would say is worth it. And again, Warren Jackson. Totally on board with the Broncos going after him. He is similar to what they have, but you can never have too many good, fast, high-jumping, long receivers. From Pismo Beach Broncos 07, hey, guys, first-time comment. Love the show. Can't wait to get my new shirts. Welcome. Welcome to the family. Listening to you guys has become a part of my daily routine, and it makes me feel so much more connected to my team in the Rockies all the way from California. Rough season, great coverage. I know the lock subject has been covered ad nauseum. But now we have the Skangarello angle, which makes it more intriguing. Going back to Skang's days at UC Davis, he was a QB coach under head coach Bob Biggs, who ran a pass-happy spread offense in the mid-2000s. I was a QB in high school, uh, and Coach gangs actually recruited me. I didn't go to Davis, but I strongly considered it before taking an offer to go to a D1A school. Fast forward today, small world, I actually work in the same field as his mom. I've heard a lot of juicy details, how much of which is actually accurate, who knows. But I've heard some stuff that doesn't necessarily come up in this podcast. Anyway, I agree that Locke was a spread system quarterback. It is nearly impossible to change QB's mechanics when they are 23 and have been doing things a certain way that long. Let's give this kid a chance, whether it be Skangs or, in my opinion, any OC with success in a spread offensive system. But at this point, poor Coach Skanks seems to be folding under pressure Hope L.A. can come around and support a guy that he drafted. I don't want to be disappointed in L.A. The guy was my hero and the reason I wore number seven my whole life. Look forward to chiming in the rest of the year. We look forward to hearing from you. I'd love to hear more about what you've heard about Coach Skanks. Um, I think L.A. is on board with Locke. I just think there's, like, some scars about the way things have gone in the past. You know, they saw, Here's a perfect example. is Tebow mania. Like, the Tebow stuff got so out of hand that people were actually mad that John Elway got Peyton Manning. That is a real thing. I'm not making that up. People were mad that John Elway got a a top three quarterback of all time because they were so in love with Tim Tebow. So because of that, I think that the Broncos are just a little bit um, weary, especially for a a fan base that is quite frankly desperate for anything at that position. Uh, I think they're weary of maybe Drew... Maybe, they're seeing, maybe they end up seeing things in Drew that the fans aren't seeing. They're not completely sold, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then everyone's in uproar when they go after another quarterback. Again, I don't expect that to happen because I think Drew handles everything so well, and I think he is going to be successful, and I think they are going to roll forward with him. But I just think there's scars there that make them weary of things like that. Next one's from Bronco Tech 70 I don't comment often, but I always listen and appreciate the damn good coverage you guys provide. Mace. Um, You mentioned to complete your evaluation of Drew, you need to see what adjustments he makes once the film's out on him. Can you elaborate on what those adjustments are and what you're looking forward to? What adjustments can be made by Locke outside the restrictions of the scheme? Well, I'm obviously not Mace. Here's what Mace is talking about. Um, People in the building, or at least people um, on the opposite sideline this week, said that Drew had a habit of getting out of the huddle, looking down at his play card on his wrist, and then looking over at the player that he was going – that was his first read on the play. Now that – I don't know if that's true. i have to go back and watch uh, to be sure. But there were people on the other sideline that believed he was tipping his hand a little bit. They found out just a little too late, especially because the Broncos had already taken the ball out of Drew Locke's hands. But if if that is true, the Texans will – No doubt find it. And I also think the Broncos will have noticed it as well. Drew Locke needs to make sure he doesn't do that. You cannot tip your pitches, per se, or in this league, or you will get caught and you will be in big trouble pretty quickly. So, Drew has to be able to adjust from something like that. And, in fact, Peyton Manning would probably tell Drew he can use that to his advantage this week. Let's say that um, Noah Fant is the first read on a play. Well, he should look down at his play card on his wrist. Look at Noah, look at uh, look at Cortland Sutton. Have the defense thinking that's where he's going, and in fact, maybe it's a, a situation where there's some misdirection there, and and fans leaking out on the other side of the play. Stare down Cortland Sutton for a couple seconds. Get the whole defense going that way. Flip it back to Noah Fant. That's actually something you could take advantage of putting on film, uh, even though it might have been a mistake at first. Little things like that. Um, someone's maybe someone finds out, hey. He doesn't respond well to a gap pressure. How's he going to, you know, figure it out. The NFL is so much about moves and counter moves. Um, Trevor Simeon had a pretty good first punch. He had a pretty good first punch. He went nine and seven uh, in that first year as a starter. That's pretty darn good. The NFL, they got a whole off season of tape to watch him and they had a very, a better counter punch back than he could respond to. So, You know, you see a guy like Brandon Allen go out there. He has a good first start. Then the NFL comes back with a counterpunch. Do you have the response to that? That is what makes a good quarterback or just a good player in the NFL. Next one is from Humpback Chubbs 55. Hello, my friends. I finally come out of hiding to comment on a few things. Mace, I love your love for for Joe Burrow. Go Tigers. My wife's family is from Louisiana. They're radical Tiger fans and have shown me the way. Uh, I love your love for Joe Brady as well. I feel like I'm the Joe Brady guy, but anyways. I would love to see the Broncos steal this young, bright offense of mine from my Tigers. My LSU fandom started years back watching the absolutely dreadful 50-iso dive per game, less miles offense. Then LSU pulled their heads out and decided to come out of the Stone Age and run the Saints' prolific offense. Denver must copy this. Please, Elway, fire our Italian stallion and bring back the electric Cajun to town. Okay, um... I think it's a little too early for Joe Brady. Look, I am I'm all on board for Joe Brady. It's it's the reason why Joe Bro is going to win the Heisman. In fact, it's so uh, so much of a foregone conclusion that he's going to win the Heisman. They've taken it off the boards at a lot of books. They're saying it's, he's he's winning no matter what happens. So I'm all about Joe Brady, but he is actually just now getting looks for college oc jobs remember he is not the sole oc at lsu so i think there's a couple more steps before he's in that position here is from jack double magnum he says awesome podcast guys love the insect insight on options outside of drew Locke as the answer personally i think if bridgewater is the quarterback at denver in 2020 that means Locke had to have bombed the remaining four games don't think it'll happen but it's always possible i think It may be PTSD from the past six weeks of the Broncos organization making absolutely zero sense with their handling of Drew Locke, with getting him practice reps, committing to taking him off IR, rolling with Allen for too long, etc. That makes me feel like at the end of the year, we, the fans and media, will see Drew Locke have some ups and downs, but ultimately show enough to feel confident with him as the quarterback of 2020. However, I feel like the Broncos will be extremely uncommitted to that notion at the end of the season and will leave all options on the table for what quarterback will start for Denver in 2020, ultimately catapulting the fan base back into pulling their hair out in frustration. Hopefully I'm wrong, but after these past few months, it makes me worried. I hope Drew Lock continues to progress enough to build the team around him 100% this offseason. Thanks as always, guys. Oh, man, I wish I could say I disagree with you, but you're right. Everything up to this point with Drew Lock has been handled so oddly that it's never felt like he was the guy a hundred percent. It was just a matter of time. And, um, this, this ideology has been highly criticized, but DMACC, um, over at one Oh four three, has the whole notion that the Broncos should have and would have selected drew at 10 if he was the guy. And then they would have built the offense around him and, and would have been fully committed to him. And while it seems like a, um, a a weird logical leap to say like you should have drafted Drew Locke at 10 and then you would have only ended up with one of Fant or Reisner and probably it would have been Reisner so you get no Noah Fant and this in the way they did do it they got all three of the guys which which in my opinion is better but I can actually see where uh where Darren is coming from in saying that if they would have taken him at 10 they would have been forced to commit to him and if he is the guy. Would have you know we would have known that sooner. Again, it seems like a, a weird logical leap for me, but the truth is that as a second round pick, the Broncos aren't forced to commit to Drew, and in most realities, that's a good thing because they 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 won't uh, be obligated to do something that may not end up being the best thing for the franchise. Um, I think the early signs show us that committing to Drew Locke will be the best thing, and in the his point on on building the offense around him does hold some water as well. But the thing is, the Broncos didn't want to build the offense around a quarterback. They wanted to build uh, a quarterback around the offense. And getting Drew in the second round, in my opinion, gives them more freedom to do that. I think that there is a scenario where Drew shows that he should be the guy, and the Broncos also realize they need to cater the offense to his strengths this offseason. I think that's a possibility. I also think it's a possibility where the Broncos don't fully commit and do play this runaround game where you know they don't want to be all in on anything. Next one's from DJC15. He says, I believe that we should sit this draft out on the quarterback carousel and build up other spots we really need, like corner, offensive line, and wide receiver. Give Drew next year and build around him. If he's not the guy, there's a bunch of good quarterbacks in the 2021 draft, like Ellinger that I really like, and if we build other positions this draft, it'll help whatever quarterback is dropping dimes for tutties next year in that upcoming year. I do honestly believe that Drew is the guy. He passed the eye test for me last week, and the way that the players rallied around him and reacted and celebrated with him, the way he was so hyped with everyone is different than I'm seeing from pretty much any of the quarterbacks uh, we've had. Looks like he won that locker room in a way that Simeon Lynch, Brocky Boy, Flacco, Allen, Keenum didn't. just seemed like a different feel. Also, thank you so much, DNVR community, for being there for me. You know, dang well, I'm, proudly, uh, I'm going to proudly put DNVR on my eye black in the semi-pro football games this season. Which starts in February. That's so awesome. My first touchdown catch is going to be celebrated with a mile high salute towards the north end zone of the field, um, in the direction of Denver from Texas. By the way, Star Wars: The Fallen Order is amazing if you like video games. Um, I'm, you know, one thing that's being overlooked in this whole scenario is that the Broncos actually, in my opinion, would be better off committing to Drew for next year, because, like you said, of the quarterback class that's available. Next season, we're talking about, uh, you know, the Trevor Lawrence draft that everyone's been pointing to for so long, and he hasn't been um, as incredible as he was last year, this year. Um, But he's been really, really good, and the highlights are pretty insane. So he's there. Um, There's also someone else that I'm missing. You mentioned Ellinger, who is an interesting player. Um, I like his toughness. I like his build. Um, but there, there are, oh, Justin Fields is the other one. I mean, that is a stacked class, especially just at the top with Lawrence and Fields. Those are two really, really good players. So maybe they are better off. And, and I, I just don't think, I, I don't I Personally, like I've said it a million times. I think Drew's the guy. I don't think they're going to need to go down that route. Um, uh, but it will be, uh, it will be a, a, a great draft at the top for quarterback next year. From Count Locula, I sincerely hope that Herbert's name is nowhere near the vicinity of the Broncos' draft boards. We need to trick San Diego or Oakland into taking him. They'll probably trick themselves. But Elway's relationship with Locke is so strange. I picture him in his lair, smacking a big wad of chew and thinking to himself, "I did not achieve this position in life by having some snoot-nosed punk leave my cheese out in the wind." Can you gents explain the Locke John relationship? Actually, it might be easier to just explain the Epis. Yeah, you're gonna need Mace for that one. Of John Locke. Um, yes, I think that there's a misconception here in terms of John's feelings towards Drew. I think John really likes Drew. I think he really liked Drew last year. And I think that, um, he was considering taking him in the first round, uh, but for whatever reason, didn't end up going that route. But then when Drew was still there in the second round, John was just so tantalized, Uh, that he could not pass him up. Um, We talked about it going all the way back to the Senior Bowl. John was enamored with Locke, and I think he really likes him. And he mentioned you know, he had nothing but high praise for him in his KOA interview. So I don't think that John is, is necessarily not on board with Locke. In fact, I think it was his doing that Locke finally got in there this last week. And I think that he'll have a hand in it when Locke gets set free a little bit this week. Next one's from Carpaccio Chris. says, in a fantasy world, I would love to have a left tackle like David Bakhtiari on our offensive line. I've always admired his work in the trenches. It's too bad he won't be a free agent until 2021. But Mace, in your opinion, who is most like Bakhtiari in the upcoming draft? P.S. Maybe one day he is a Bronco. After all, he is a CU alum. He is. Sorry, again, I'm not Mace. Um, For me, Bakhtiari, remember, was um, not exactly the most heralded Guy coming out, but I think in Worfs and Thomas, you have two really, really good players that the Broncos could get at the top. I wouldn't go first round tackle if it wasn't one of those two guys, but you should be in a position to get one of those two guys. Um, while tackle is a very important position, I think if you're anywhere around the top 10, you should have the very least be in a position to, let's say, Worfs goes number six and you're sitting there at 14 or something, you should be able to look at the board and say, okay, who's the next uh, place that a tackle could go and, and you know maybe uh, jump over to them to make sure you get Thomas. Um, I haven't done a full evaluation of which one of those guys is my favorite yet, so that'll be something for all of us to uh, look forward to in draft season where I'm sure Zach, Mace, and I will each have our own opinion. From T Wood sixteen new-ish subscribers using my brother's account until the Black Friday deal. Well, we're glad that you, we have you on your own deal now. Just wanted to add on to yesterday's discussion about Eli Manning. Do you think he could come into Denver, say veteran minimum, just to, uh, just as pure mentorships for Locke, similar to what he's done for Sam, uh, what was done for Sam Darnold with Josh McCown? I'm sure Peyton would be able to pitch in and help. Just wanted to hear your thoughts about this. Thanks, guys. Go Broncos. In my opinion. Absolutely no way that happens. I think uh, Eli Manning is a guy with two Super Bowl rings. Um, He is not, I just don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to be hired as an extra quarterbacks coach somewhere. Uh, And I think if he was going to do that anywhere, it would be in New York with Daniel Jones. I just do not see a scenario where a guy like that, remember, you, you know, you're talking about Josh McCown, Josh McCown's a career backup who bounce in and out, uh, you know, and has a ton of experience and is great as a mentor, but he's not a guy with an ego of a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Look at, I mean, just look at Joe Flacco, and I think Eli would have a much better attitude about it than Joe Flacco, but these guys who have been successful starting quarterbacks in the NFL don't really just want to hang around to be a backup. Uh, I think that, you know, Eli is either going to be a starter somewhere, which I don't think is that far-fetched, or he's going to get out of the league. From Hard rocker. Just the thought, maybe Locke should call the plays himself and disregard the crappy offensive play calls he has given. Well, he did it once and it certainly worked. Um, I don't know if that's uh, sustainable necessarily as a young player to just override your coach every time, but I think um, he should have some autonomy to be able to make those changes. And you know, there's a third down play there at the in the second half where I wonder if Drew was just overthinking it. He definitely or if he didn't have the freedom to. They were in a run. It was very clearly a heavy run box. I would have loved to see him get into a play-action pass. I don't know. It's hard to know how much freedom he has to do something like that. Um, maybe this week they opened it up a little bit before. Maybe he showed enough last week that they that feel like he deserves that. Last one here from FedEx Bronco. Hey, guys, I'm going to go to my first ever Broncos game in Houston on Sunday. Congrats. That's awesome. Any DNVR listeners going to be there? Do you think there's a chance of a bronc- that the Broncos bring home the win? Also, do you think we can move Will Parks to Corner to help with the la- lack of depth? Thanks for all you do, boys. Um, first of all, if any DNVR listeners are going, make sure you uh, respond to FedEx Bronco on here. And Mace will be there, so you can always um, DM Mace or tweet at him and see where he's going to be. He usually likes to try and meet up with some people. He gets to the stadium nice and early. As for Will Parks, he already is playing in, some, in, in a nickel role, which I think is the most you can possibly ask from him at, a, at the corner position. I mean, he's not built like a corner. Um, he uh, probably doesn't have the, the straight line speed that a corner needs to have, but he definitely was passable as a nickel, so I think that's about the most you can ask for him there. Um, that's going to be really interesting this week. The, the Texans are no, in no way short of of wide receiver talent. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Broncos. And, and like we mentioned earlier, it's all going to be about this, the coverage when they go out there and, and get, you know, Deshaun Watson scrambling around. I think that it's going to be important for the defensive staff to say, hey, if he breaks off a run for 20, that's okay. Don't leave your man because you think he's going to scramble because that's when long touchdowns happen. I think that could be huge. Uh, But for now, that's going to wrap it up for me. And, of course, thanks to the guys for being on earlier. Um, We appreciate you guys for tuning in all week. Our predictions are out. I think the Broncos are going to win. Call me crazy. I think this team rallies around Drew Locke. I think the defense is going to have one of their best games of the season. And I think Drew is going to do enough on offense to get this team one over the 25-point hump and to get this team a win and boy oh boy will it be an exciting week next week if that happens but until then until after the game i'm ryan konigsberg thank you guys for tuning in